Welcome to Vital Compass. I'm Cris Ferraz Prade, and today I bring a difficult theme to talk about. Grief and bereavement. In a time when death happens in such a large number that we cannot have the dimension, we run the risk of seeing numbers and not people. Perhaps in an attempt to remove ourselves from this tragic reality. In psychology, we understand that for each person who dies, we can estimate four bereaved people. So if we have more than a hundred thousand deaths in Brazil from COVID-19, we also have around 400,000 people who are grieving. And here in the UK, we have almost 47,000 deaths officially from COVID-19 and approximately 190,000 people who are grieving. Grief is a time of suffering, a time that we don't want to live. It hurts in strange ways. The body doesn't feel hungry, sleep gets messy. We are, you know, have no interest in anything. Fatigue, anger, hopelessness, sadness, and longing. We miss what we didn't even know that we would miss. Grief is a natural process of missing someone or something. It's a process that happens when someone we love is no longer physically present in the world, or when we lose a status, a reality that's no longer available. It's throughout the work of grief and bereavement that it's possible to build a relationship with the person no longer alive, a relationship with absence, with shared stories, um, the biography, the person who left, and with this relationship finding new meanings in life. Grief is a time that calls for support and respect. Um, some people stay away from a bereaved person because feels um, that doesn't know what to say, what to do, um, and not to make mistakes or being afraid of feeling the pain that the bereaved person feels. They just disappear or he just disappear. And there are some that are pushy and say, you know, get up, move on, life goes on. Um, and both those attitudes don't help the grieving process. What a person who is grieving needs is to feel validated in his or her sadness. Um, this person needs patient care, respectful listening, and a loving presence whenever possible. He or she needs to find ways to express sadness. We all need to leave a moment of saying goodbye with words, gestures, songs, and symbols. But in time when collective and effective experiences can be a risk of contamination and illness, farewell rituals need to find new ways to happen. 
And there are other ways to honor the loss of a loved one, um, such as writing a letter or a virtual meeting um, honoring this person who left in a you know Zoom platform or Skype or whatever. Um, to schedule a prayer when family and friends can be in their homes and spiritually be connected through a prayer or a love song. Anyway, experiencing these moments helps to say goodbye. And we don't want to leave this experience. We don't want to see a person that we love dying. We don't want to see people dying. We don't want to see people made into numbers. We don't want any of that. But I fear that in this pandemic, life is asking to be seen in its essence. And in order to see life better, we must also see death. Recently, I've been introduced to um, the work of an American psychologist called Pauline Boss, and she developed this concept of ambiguous loss, thinking about mourning that happens when a concrete farewell um, is not possible or um, when there's no understanding of the loss. And she gives different examples of um, ambiguous losses. Um, and she says that we all experienced an ambiguous loss in life. Um, there are situations um, that we can recognize ambiguity in the loss process, such as when... Um, when an adult is caring for, uh, for a father who is suffering with advanced Alzheimer. So the body is present, but the, person, um, the person's emotional life, cognitive capacity, uh, the, the memories, the relationship with this person is no longer there. But the person is still alive, so th there is confusion in this process of grieving and, and missing the loved one. Another example is in violent situations such as hijacking or a plane crash when there's no body to help um, realize and, and recognize death. And there's also the situation of immigration when the immigrant loses close contact with family, friends, culture, the country uh, of origin, but um, he didn't even, he didn't actually um, lose it because it's all there, but not there for him or for her. So Pauline reflects on how we deny the existence of ambiguity in many losses in our lives and how this denial hinders the process of integrating the experience and building meaning. Giving a name to what is being uh, to what is being lived already helps in the coping process. Um, there's also an expectation um, that society has that grief has to have a resolution, and this is so cruel because grieving is a painful process with no set deadline to end. Um, there are cases that. Uh, evolve um, 
to a complicated grief, but I won't go into the specifics of psychiatric diagnosis here, because what I feel is important to reflect on here in this pandemic moment is that we are going to be interacting more with bereaved people who experience different types of losses. And people who, you know, people who didn't have a chance to say goodbye, who did not see, um, who did not participate in the funeral, or separated family members who are unable to care for each other and to visit each other, um, people who have lost um, their jobs, businesses, savings. Um, so. Th- and even if you didn't lose a loved one or lost something, um, you ended up losing um, the conviviality with friends, the routine of school or a job, making plans for the future. Um, this whole reality generates a lot of anguish, uncertainty, anger, guilt, fear all difficult feelings to deal with and feelings that we don't like to experience. We rather return to what we called, you know, the normal life and just, you know, forget about all this. Roberto Miguel is a dear friend and he's a chaplain at an oncology hospital in Tampa in the US. And he recently shared about his experience as a chaplain and When he spoke about grief and bereavement, he used the metaphor of crossing a desert or a dark night when we are alone with no resources, trying to find meaning in life, not knowing where to go. And this metaphor made a lot of sense to me. Um, He spoke of the importance of making this crossing without being destroyed by the experience of suffering. And that's uh, where, you know, family support, friendship, loved ones can make a big difference. If you're friends with someone who is experiencing a loss in this pandemic, the best way for you to show your affection and support is through recognizing your friend's grief. Do not try to fix it with positive thinking phrases. They will have no effect or will have the opposite effect. Be available. Listen. Let your friend express sorrow, sadness. Don't worry about being right, but being close. Grief is not meant to be fixed. It's a natural process that happens when a loved one dies, when a reality is lost. It's a process that can find a flow and a balance between longing and life that moves on, intertwining moments when we need to cry and moments when we need to go to work. But for that to happen, grief needs to be validated. If you are going through grief or an ambiguous loss, legitimize your suffering. Give yourself some comfort in solitude. Seek support from loved ones. Honor the person who passed away. And understand that there's nothing wrong with feeling sad at a time like this. In fact, the opposite is surprising. 
It is a painful process indeed. And Viktor Frankl spoke about suffering and meaning in his work. He said, If there is meaning in life at all, then there must be meaning in suffering. The process of finding meaning is experienced as being alone in a desert, as Roberto said, but it is um, a crossing toward hope and a life where there may be purpose. Um, so love, support and patience are much needed. Of course that many are trying to get away from the reality of dying, death, suffering, grief, ambiguous loss. Um, and many times being able to distance ourselves to find clarity is something necessary. But we cannot deny what's before us. Um, that would be imprudent too. Legitimizing the suffering that we are experiencing is a fundamental part of the process of building meaning for a fuller life, even when someone or something is lost. Thank you so much for your company. I'll see you next week. Take good care of yourself. If you want to know more about this project, you can go to our website, www.vitalcompass.com. Compass with a K. And on the Explore page, you will find new posts every other week. There's also a Vital Compass Instagram account. And if you are enjoying it, please share with a friend.